Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, peeps. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Unmothered. I hit a nerve. (laughs) I did this episode on narcissistic moms. I also did a couple little posts and a live on growing up with a mom that is narcissistic and boy, did I hit a nerve. Like, that was crazy. Uh, So many people were reaching out to me. I had um, people sliding into my DMs. I had people on my newsletter that responded. Uh, Some people responded um, in the unmothered. Like, just all kinds of things happened. And I thought, you know, I didn't even realize, I was telling my youngest daughter, Dominique, I didn't even realize, I think I grew up with a narcissistic mom in more ways. I knew she was on some level. I had no idea that she was on a bigger scale. And because I started studying about it more from your feedback. So today, we are going to do a part two. Because this became such a hot topic that I was like, we can't just leave it at one episode. We need to dig into this a little bit more. Now, I have two books that I'm currently reading. The first one is a Christian book, which is actually very excellent. It talks a lot about different situations, not even just, uh, it, it speaks in generalizations of understanding. The book is called Understanding and Loving a Person with Narcissistic Personality Disorder. It's by Stephen Arterburn and Patricia A. Coleman. And they are professionals in this. Um, It is called Understanding and Loving a Person with Narcissistic Personality Disorder, Biblical and Practical Wisdom to Build Empathy, Preserve Boundaries, and Show Compassion. So this isn't just a book of like feel good, like, oh, just love them and go back to them and, you know, let them do what they do. No, no, no. This is a book that is actually going to tell you, and I'm going to hold this up for the video, This is actually a book that tells you the symptoms of what they are going through, why they're going through it, the symptoms you have because you have been raised that way or been in that situation with this person, and also um, boundaries and things that you can do. And it talks about going no contact if that is necessary. So I loved this as a Christian book to show that we are not meant to stay in things that harm us. That That is not God's will. But we can find ways to not hold on to the bitter root and also get ourselves in a healthier place. So you can see that I dog tagged, I tagged, I highlighted, I did all the things. And I'm still, I haven't read it completely all the way through, to be quite honest. So I've read halfway through it. I wanted to kind of cover some things today. If we need to do a part three, we'll do a part three. Um, But I just wanted to kind of go over and dig into a deeper conversation of why particularly moms are like this. Now, in this book, it talks about all kinds of relationships. This could be someone who is married to a narcissist. This could be 
a sibling relationship. It could even be in the workplace. This kind of stuff happens a lot. And I'm going to tell you the number one thing of why it happens a lot is because people are not figuring out the behaviors of why they are the way they are. And so if you're a narcissist, like you, you're not going to get help if you don't think there's a problem. And so you just continue on that route. So it's our responsibility to ourselves to figure out how to deal with, walk away from, love, I don't know, you know, whatever the situation is, uh, how how strong it is or how light it is to, to be able to maneuver through that and, and either take a no contact stance or find ways to deal with this person who's, let's say, not on the scale of like complete narcissism, but maybe it's just a little selfish or something like that. So we're just going to talk about some some signs of how um, she could be suffering and also things that you yourself are picking up in personality traits that is affecting your life going forward. I think that's really important to talk about as we forget that because we've been around this person for so long that we actually pick up on traits in ourselves that can be damaging to us for our future to be healthy and happy and thrive in different situations. So just to recap, symptoms of a mom who may be narcissistic is she always has to be right. She'll get you um, to tend to her needs alone and always it's always an emergency. She won't comply and she will either cry or rage if she doesn't get her way. And she'll manipulate you in a way to get her way, either by doing one of those two things until you cave in. And it's at the expense of your own personal needs. So this is the main component of a narcissist is it's always about them and it's always for them. Like your needs don't matter. So the symptoms include explosive or extreme Anger, compulsive or inhibited sexuality, which that is very true and it's something I didn't touch upon last time, but think about that when you're dealing with a um, narcissist. It, it has a lot to do with compulsive sexuality or inhibited sexuality. It could be their extremes. They're not just normal sexuality, healthy sexuality. Extreme shame, guilt, or self-blame which is a tactic for them to make you feel sorry for them so that you fall back into the trap. And a sense of difference from others. Um, Specialness, feeling like nobody understands them, which is so much like my mom was. She could not hold a job because of this, because every time she would have it for more than a month, she would come home and always tell me like, oh, if they would just do it my way, it would be so much better. It was like everyone was the enemy. Everybody was wrong. She was the only one that if they would just do and comply to every single thing that she asked for and told them how it should be done, it would be the perfect job. And this was in every job, whether it was my mom was a hairdresser and it was like whether she was a hairdresser or she worked in a donut shop and then she worked in a steakhouse. I mean, she had various different jobs. And so it was a theme that I heard over and over and over again that like she couldn't get along with other people after three weeks. It In the beginning, she loved everybody. And then it started this slow run of like 
so-and-so didn't do, do this the way I, I showed them they should do it this way, but no, they had to do it that way. And, you know, it just failed and I knew it and I told them and, and then she would start fighting with people and eventually the boss would come along and tell her, you can't really do that. And, and then she would tell the boss what, <laughs> what they needed to do. And so eventually she would get fired every single time. Can't even tell you how many jobs my mom went through because there was so many because that theme ran rampant through her life. So that is some of the things that growing up with a mom who was a narcissist, that's just some of the themes that could run through. I'm sure you guys have a lot of different ones too, but those are kind of the main ones is, you know, everything is like an emergency. She's angry or she's crying. She's this way or that way. There is no in between and there's no reasoning with them. And so um, those are the things that you can look out for if you suspect like maybe mom or, you know, like I said, other types of relationships. You might think like, hmm, that's, that really sounds like them. And I've been trying to work through these different things with them and being compliant with them and understanding them. And none of those things are working. It could be because they have this narcissistic quality. And if they don't acknowledge it or recognize it, there's probably not a lot you're going to be able to do to um, come to an agreement in that. So coming to uh, patterns of behaviors that you may be exhibiting because you have grown up in this kind of environment is that we learn to survive at the sacrifice of our own needs, which is so, so unhealthy. We tend to, we actually tend to control or attempt to control the environment that we're in because it's so chaotic that we think, well, if I do this over here, that'll make them happy. And then if I do this over here, they won't yell at me for not doing it right. And if I do this over here and we keep playing this control game, if I could just control the environment, um, I will say too, one of the things that you may, if you've grown up with a mom who's narcissistic, really look into being finding out if you're empathetic. I have found that a lot of empathetic people, because they can read the room and they can read people's feelings because of growing up in that environment, you have become, this can be a special gift to you instead of like a harmful thing, is that you become very empathetic to reading the room and knowing what other people are feeling before they even say it. I can walk into a room and I can feel the energy in a room like, whoo, like that doesn't feel soft and yummy to me <laughs> or, oh my gosh, they are so joyful and happy. That just like brings me like a good feeling and I feel safe with this person. So it's something that is really um, kind of a crazy thing when you start looking into that kind of stuff that this is actually can be a gift. So this is what I, I want you to tuck that away for a minute because we're going to talk about things to get you healthy, but um, it is actually a gift if you become empathetic. But because of you have been trying to control the environment, it can become a high stress thing because I want to tell you, you can't control the environment because you could have every dot in place, like every little duck in a row, and they're going to come home and find one little missing piece because they have no peace. They don't want peace and they just want to be right. And so they're going to find whatever they can to dismiss everything you have done. And it's going to destroy you mentally. 
you have to understand it's not your job to carry that. It isn't something that you need to try to control, nor should you ever have to. It's not even something that you needed to control. This is their issue. It is not you. And no matter how much you try to please that person, walk on eggshells, like try to do all the right things, you don't need to do that. That's not what you're put on this earth for. No one is ever happy all the time. And you can't control somebody else's um, emotional currency. So that is something that we do become. We become these control freaks of like, if I could just do X, Y, Z, that'll make them happy. It'll bring their, um, you know, their anxiety down. They'll be happy. No, they won't be. And you won't be either. You're going to be a nervous wreck trying to please everybody else. Becoming or attempting to be the hero in their story Oh my goodness. So this is part of that too, is meeting their every need and um, and just, you know, trying to, to be there for them at all times so that you could just be the hero and they'll be like, you're the best person ever. Now, let me tell you, they will say that in an instant because if they feel like they're losing you, they're going to, they're going to charm you. So this is a thing with narcissists too. They're not all bad. Sometimes they're extremely charming. And this is where, even with moms, but more so, you could get involved in a relationship with a narcissist because he's going to say all the right things to you. He's going to do everything perfectly. Listen, if a guy is too perfect and there isn't one thing that's bothering you and you're like, man, I don't know, like I just can't find one single thing, like he's just too perfect. Check into that a little bit more because nobody is that perfect. Everybody is fallible. Everybody has bad habits. Everyone screws up. Like, don't fall for that. That is a danger zone if I've ever seen one is when you, when someone tells me that they're just perfect in every single way, I'm like, really? Like, they don't have one single thing that irritates you. They don't have one single thing that that's a little off, that's a little, you know, like just bad habits. Um, leave the toilet seat up. I don't know, like some crazy thing. It's like when you hear these women that go into this fantasy world and and this is because you're going to fall into that pit because you have been in that pit and it becomes normal to you. You are looking for someone to save you. A narcissistic man is going to come along and give you all the things that you think you need and then you're going to fall back into that pattern again. So be careful about being trying to be a hero and do all the things for a narcissist and then fall into a pit of like, now here's my other hero that's doing all the things for me. It must be good. Sit back a little bit, look at a whole relationship, take your time and look at it slowly. Don't put somebody on a pedestal and think that there's that every single thing they do is perfect because chances are that's not true. And also, it could be a red flag. That is something that is really important. Becoming a caregiver, this is something that as a daughter of a mom that was a narcissist, we tend to fall into that category because they are very, very needy. You're also a child that um, can't really walk away from that at the time. So you tend to become your mom's caregiver when she does have those down moments. I used to just think my mom was depressed and suspected bipolar. And the more I've been studying this, the more I'm like, 
wow, like she really was a narcissistic personality because it was really all about being her caregiver. When she was down and just couldn't get up from even the couch, um, I was the one like becoming her caregiver, giving her the things that she needed, making sure she was feeling okay, becoming kind of a mom surrogate for her. Also caregiver in the family, you start becoming the caregiver for your siblings, for animals, for all, like you are the person in charge of the household. That's not your job. That was never your job. That shouldn't be your job when you're a child. And so again, these are the things you are suffering from because you've been placed in that situation. So you in turn become the surrogate mother and that just is not something that's gonna help you moving forward because you're gonna take on that role into relationships, which again, you're gonna be the surrogate mom for possibly another narcissistic man in your life. You're gonna be like, I'll take care of you, I'll help you. Um, I do that well. That comes naturally to me, right? That is going to be natural for you because you've been the surrogate for everybody in your family. Don't do that. This is your time to partner with somebody. When you grow up and you become a woman and you meet someone, they should come alongside you. You shouldn't have to take care of them and they shouldn't have to take care of you. It should be a partnership that is blessed by God, that is um, a unity, that is a companion. It is not someone who takes over your life or that you take over everything in, in your guys' life. It should be a partnership, an equal partnership where the man respects you and appreciates your value and appreciates your voice and vice versa. But unfortunately, we suffer from this because we have had to become the surrogate moms for these narcissistic moms. Their needs cannot be met on their own. They need people around them to help them do that. And so that is something that you have to get rid of as you grow into your own womanhood is knowing like you are not the mother in the relationship. If you don't know how to have a healthy relationship, please seek out therapy and figure out like where those nuances are of your past that just keep popping up into your present relationships and learn how to communicate better. This is something I had to do. I was a huge avoider. I would just like shut down. I still have a tendency to just shut down, walk away. I'm like, ugh, this feels yucky. I don't want to deal with it. And I don't, I don't like conflict. I don't want to do it. Listen, nobody does. But you have to learn how to fight fair. You have to learn. And when I say fight, I don't mean scream and yell. I mean discuss heartily. <laughs> Mike and I don't scream at each other. That's just not our way. My mom was a screamer. Um, he comes from a big Italian family. So, you know, they're a little loud at times, but they're not screamers. And so both of us have grown up, you know, really making a pact with each other to say, like, listen, there may be times when we have to like take a breath and walk away for a little bit. We're always going to come back and discuss it. But when you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like and you come from a narcissistic mom that it just tells you do it my way and no, no other way. And now you are the surrogate mother and you need to take care of me this way. You're bringing that into your current relationship and that is a problem. So please get help on that. Learn how to communicate well. Learn how to 
be righteously angry. You can get mad at stuff, but you don't have to like go completely off the handles. And so those are some things that you could suffer with is either shutting down because your body just goes numb or you could just like rage out and you don't want to do that. Um, I know a lot of that stuff is, has been built up because of the things that you've had to suffer through, but don't take that into the next relationship. You do become the scapegoat and, you know, she'll, she'll, your mom will tell you everything is your fault. It's all your fault. If you hadn't done, you know, I didn't mean to get mad at you or hit you, but if you had just done it this way, then it would have been fine. No, that's not a good excuse for anything. (laughs) Nobody should be making you the scapegoat. So again, like you need to talk about that. You need to like find ways to figure that out. So one of the things that happens is that we become disassociated with our bodies, with ourselves from that trauma. And so you have to find people, professional people that can help you come back to the present and not disassociate every time something becomes hard or difficult because it throws you back into the throes of this narcissistic person that has told you for years and years how you should act how you should respond, when you should respond, you shouldn't respond at all, like all those horrible things that uh, really don't constitute a healthy life. And so make sure that if you are feeling disassociated, if you're feeling like, man, the things I've suffered through are so huge, I don't even know how to get along in life, seek out professional help. I cannot stress this enough. It took me so long. I wished I had done it earlier It has made me such a freer person to be able to name and claim what has been done. And also when those things start to pull back into my life, I can be like, hold on, wait a minute. That is not what's happening. That is something that has triggered me from the past. I am recognizing that. And then from there, I'm able to change that behavior so that I'm not hurting other people. Because let me tell you, forgiveness goes all the way around. It's not just forgiveness for the narcissistic mom for what she's done or forgiveness for yourself of getting away from her. It's forgiveness all the way around for all of us. We do things too that hurt other people. So I see a lot of people on social media that deal with narcissistic behavior and and sometimes a lot of it is is really bitter. They're just like very hateful towards the person that has hurt them and listen, I get it. I'm not judging you for that. I know it is extremely hurtful and hard and wrong for these people to be doing the things that they're doing or have done to you in the past. But I don't think having a bitterness or revenge tactic or just this um, negative kind of bent towards these people that, of course, there's a place where you're just, it's, it's anger. Like you're just pissed at them. But I just don't think it serves you well when that's all your tactic is on social media is to bash them. Now, I do see some people that actually give really good instruction on, yes, this was wrong. And if they did this, here's some steps of what you can do. I think that's really helpful. But also the thing that I want to talk about is not as an excuse to excuse your mom's behavior, your husband's behavior, or someone at work or whatever the narcissistic person is, but to really look back, this, this always is a generational thing. To look back and realize that person 
this is not an excuse for their behavior, but that person has suffered something so traumatic in their childhood that has caused them, the exposure of what they have seen has caused them to grow up feeling different and feeling like now I need to strike out. Now, does everybody do that that goes through a hugely traumatic experience? No, like I didn't, like I didn't grow up. I I grew up in this super violent home. Like there were things that I've seen I should never have seen. There are things that I've had to do that I should never have had to do. However, um, I didn't grow up saying, well, because that's been done to me now, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to be totally narcissistic. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't, I'm going to use everybody up. I'm going to do all that. I'm not using that in a, as an excuse. I'm using this to help you understand where these people came from. The bottom line, and I've talked to several women who are in therapy with relationships in narcissism and they they t- they agree with me they're like yeah I'm like you know no no excuse and yes you should get away from this person and yes you should set boundaries or whatever you need to do but I would bet that this person had a really horrific childhood and every single time they're like oh my gosh yeah they did they had a really really hard childhood and If you don't get to the bottom of that and realize where that came from, to just understand for your own understanding, it has nothing to do with like curing them or listen, they're either going to get help or they're not. It's not up to you. You can suggest, but like they're probably not going to listen to it. So your protection is the most important, but also just letting yourself know that once you have, again, it comes back to empathy. Once you know where it's come from, you can begin to understand, okay, I get why they're really super damaged. It doesn't hold power over you when you understand that all of that comes from a sense of fear and shame. And now that person can't have a hold on you. It's really for you to understand and have empathy. This is where God says like there's an understanding that we don't understand as humans. Like when you have a faith that surpasses all understanding, that's what that verse means is that when you have a faith that surpasses that, it's like I don't need to go fix it or change it or any. I just have an understanding that just surpasses anything else because now that frees me to be the person that I want to be. I don't have a hold. I don't feel a guilt over that person. I don't feel a shame over that person. I don't, I don't need to hold on and be tethered to that person anymore because they don't have that power over me. Cause you know what? They're just a sad little human being that had a really traumatic, sad background. And so I think that that helps you on your way. It's not like, you know, a fix all, but it's something that just helps you grow to get rid of that bitter root. The only thing I want from you guys is to live in a place in a space where you just feel free from that that bind of like the guilt and the drama and all this stuff. I see some women that just cannot get out of their own way of like, but my mom did this to me and my mom did that to me. And I'm like, I get that. And you need to work through those things. You need to dig into that stuff and let God come into that pit with you and help you understand that that surpasses all understanding 
and let's walk through that and let's call it what it is and then let's start building something new from that. You don't need to stay in that pit anymore, girl. That thing is over. You don't need to keep going back to that place. You, There are parts of you that will always go back to that place. Like I said before, there are things that happen where it triggers a little bit of like, oh, that that like felt a little, this just happened to me a couple of weeks ago where I was in a coaching session, practice session, and things went horribly wrong. Like, I mean, horribly wrong. Like I felt like I was talking a different language with this person. We couldn't connect. And I started getting triggered so bad from some things in the past where I was like, this is not, I'm not communicating. What is going on? And I just spun out, like completely spun out. And I I just couldn't function. Now, the Phyllis of five years ago, I would have freaked out over this whole thing for months. I would have blamed myself. I would have been like mad at this other person. I just would have been through all these different things for months. Like it just would have made me crazy. I was able to go to God and say, what could I have done differently in that situation? what was that? And he clearly was telling me and showing me, you freaked out. Like you got triggered and you freaked out. You didn't know how to like settle into this and just sit back and take a step. I kept trying to push through it. And this is what we do when we've gone through this kind of trauma with narcissistic people is like, we keep trying to like control it and go through it. When I could take a step back and go, oh man, I can see exactly what I should have done or should have said that would have made that conversation a little bit easier. Okay, cool. I can I can own that and I can move on. Now, if I'm unhealthy, I can't do that. I'm going to circle around and circle around and ruminate over it and get stuck. And I am not going to be in a healthy place to understand that every single thing that happens sometimes has reason behind it if you can just take a break and learn how again to communicate these things better so when you know how to do that kind of stuff because you have worked through these situations with a professional with a a therapist a coach that really shows you how to walk through you are able to take that past stuff and really move through that a lot quicker and it doesn't hold you captive anymore. So whatever the narcissist has done to you, it doesn't hold on as tightly. You get to let go of that. You know, learning more about what has happened in the past doesn't doesn't mean you forgive and forget. That's not what I'm talking about. It just means it gives you a clearer understanding of how to get yourself in a healthier position so that you can live a free life that is just more comforting, more more calm, more peaceful, so that you're not in this anxiety-filled place because of where you've come from, thinking like, did I do that right? Did I do that right? You know, did I say this wrong? Oh my gosh, do they like me? Like all these crazy things. You don't care about that anymore because it's like, I'm living my truth. I, I know God has me on a path. Um, For me, so these are some of the steps. Having a strong faith is huge for me. It's something that gives me wholeness. It gives me peace. Um, It helps me move towards goals a lot easier. And also it shows me that God, even though I've walked through this really hard place and that wasn't fair, life isn't fair, the earth isn't fair, God will use that for a purpose. And so that is why this is my passion, is that I believe God didn't waste any of that. 
He's like, someday you're going to be able to talk about this in a more healthy way. And that is now. That is that time. And so I will talk about this until my last dying breath. Like I will talk about walking through this unmothered path and how we can create the next generations to be a lot healthier. And that is so important to me. I've talked about this before, just like getting therapy or talking to someone really safe, starting the conversation, naming what has harmed you, and then um, asking that person to help you walk through that dark tunnel and that dark pit with God, doing some prayer time and just saying like, show me some things that can lead me into a better existence and future. Get me out of this stuck past. Do not carry the shame that your mom has put upon you. There's no shame in it. Listen, she's the one that was ill. She's the one that had a problem. This is not your problem. It's a her problem, not a you problem. (laughs) Don't make it your own. She's probably told you that you weren't a good daughter, that you didn't do anything right, that you don't care about anyone. She's going to throw all those things at you shake those off. Like I said, talk to someone who can help you and set some strong boundaries, girl. I'm telling you, if she is in your life and still doing that to you right now, please set a boundary and just end that. Just say, I'm either going to talk to you very minimally or we're going to go no contact if you do not stop talking to me like that because I will not have those horrible words spoken over me anymore from this day forward and stick to that and mean that as painful as it is to have to walk away from a mom that you want to love it's more painful for you to stay in a situation where that stuff is being heaped upon you day after day after day and you start to believe it that's a worst kind of living for me I won't do it anymore I don't want that for you guys Um, also they want you to stay isolated you need connection relationships with others is the utmost importance. It will teach you more things. You'll have more opinions of different people. They will support you. They will love you. They will, you will feel that love and you will be able to move away from the negativity. And that's why they don't, narcissistic moms don't want you to do that because they want you to stay connected to them and hear their robotic bad words too over and over. So do not do that. Separate from that. And go get yourself connected with a group or people or just one or two people that you trust, that care about you, that speak words of affirmation to you, that are also truthful and tell you what is really happening or things that maybe you are bringing to the table that you don't even recognize. You know, one of the things that was, that is, uh, well, not so much right now, but like was up until a couple years ago is I am very much a runner. Like I will just like, cut people and friendships off because it's too hard to work at them for me. That is something that came from my past. It came from my mom. And and so I grew up just saying like, well, they don't like me or we've had a fight, so I'm just going to walk away from that. I cannot do that any longer because I'm a different person. I have to join in the conversation. I may not agree with everything that is going on or I might not come to an easy conclusion, but Friendships and connectedness are very, very important to me. I also do that um, very selectively. So I don't just share every single thing with somebody. I make sure 
that that these are close relationships, that these are people that I can trust that will also speak lovingly and truthfully to me. So find those kind of friends. Don't just find a yes friend. Don't go get into a situation where somebody's always telling you what you're doing wrong. Find the friend that supports you no matter what and says, hey, can I just tell you like a truth that I need to like just let you know. And if they can do that lovingly, you're going to create this beautiful relationship with them and a trusting one. So this will set you up for success. And I hope you guys enjoyed this part two episode. And as usual, I want to let you know you can join my private Facebook group, which is called the Unmothered Podcast. You have to answer the three questions. Some of you went on there and just clicked on it and there's the questions aren't being answered and I had to decline your application because you have to answer three questions. They're simple ones, but I am very protective of that group. That group has grown in the last three weeks. I can't even tell you since I started talking about this subject. And so I want to create more of a safe place in there. I want you guys to feel free to come on and ask any question. I'm going to be popping in there more frequently and just giving you some good information. So if you need a community, maybe this is where you start. It's like, I don't want to form a close friendship, but let me just join this group. It's the Unmothered Community on Facebook. You answer three questions and I will accept your little application. We will pop you into the group and then you can get started in making some good connectiveness that way. I hope you guys have a great day, peeps, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.